0: hello and welcome to find your business voice the podcast about growing your SME through content brought to you by lemon quarters my name is gabriella griffith and this episode is about how tech smes can speak out on social issues such as the black lives matter movement and why it makes good business sense that they do what you're about to hear was recorded as part of a webinar which took place on the 22nd of september 2020 with a brilliant panel of experts offering their insight and advice Firstly, we had Giselle Frederick, an interdisciplinary technologist with over 10 years experience building, designing and managing the delivery of technology solutions for the likes of Mastercard and HSBC. She's currently director of Carson Consulting and founder of Sonar, a platform connecting black communities around the world. Then we had Oliver Smith, Managing Director of AltFi, the industry-leading fintech publication. He's previously worked at City AM and Forbes, all covering technology and especially fintech since around 2013. And finally, we have Marie-Claire Frederick, the co-founder of content consultancy Lemon Quarters. She has over 15 years experience working in advertising and content in the likes of Havas Worldwide and Saatchi and Saatchi. We'll join the webinar just as we got into the big conversation. Let's begin with the why. Why do people care what the small businesses and brands that they love think about big global topics such as Black Lives Matter? Um, Oliver, I'm gonna start with you. You're a journalist accustomed to reporting on the commercial actions of SMEs and fintech companies. What does it matter what they have to say on social issues?
1: I, I think for me, one of the big shifts um, when I think about modern brands and businesses, um, obviously there's been a big technological shift. You know, the banks that we use today whether it's a Monzo versus an HSBC back in the day obviously there's a technological change there but there's also a value change I think I think people like Monzo not because it's a better bank but because it aligns with their values whether that's around transparency trust fairness um, or increasingly supportive social issues that customers believe in Um, so I think that's that's a big part of it I think another one is around recruitment. Um, I think when these companies are looking to recruit, especially at the scale at which Monzo hires a thousand staff in a year, when you hire at that scale, your, your, your brands, your values have to be beyond just internal. They have to be external so that you're attracting the right people to come in. So I think that's another really key point in why, um, why these messages have become, have become so important
0: yeah absolutely Giselle you've worked in tech and and with the banks for a long time. What do you think do
2: people do people care I think they definitely care and and I think it's it's a lot more people are uh, somewhat voting with their money when it comes to uh, many of these topics, um, be it uh, topics around black lives matter or the amount of women in leadership positions or anything like that. they do care, and we have seen um, We have seen quite a lot of people have started speaking out online and perhaps even boycotting products and um, companies that has either failed to respond or are even calling them to respond, say, actually, I think you should post how many, how you support the Black community, maybe post how many people of colour you have on your your boards. Mm. Um, And sometimes that act of not saying anything can also be detrimental to your brand. Um, because it's signaling to some communities, the Black community, that maybe you're not interested in the, the problems that they're facing. And it's, it's, way, it's not a political problem, as some people have painted it. It's a problem um, of equality and opportunity and equity, similar to the way we raised um, issues around feminist, feminism and getting equal representation of women on boards. So I think... Um, it, it, it matters, um, it matters to their bottom line, it matters to their profits if they want to exclude an entire community mm. or whether they'd like to um, show their support as well. You mentioned
0: um, people boycotting there, was there any examples of that that you could share?
2: Um, so I think so. a lot of it has come out of the US obviously because that's mm. where yeah. they've, they've had a big, uh, the big, the problem has originated in the US, not that it's, it's only in the US, it, it is prevalent across Europe and certainly within the UK. And um, we have seen um, uh, two big ones just spring to mind. Uh, one is around CrossFit, um, which is that company that does all the really mm. weird stuff in the gyms. The CEO managed to wipe up quite a lot of their valuation overnight by tweeting something ridiculous that was obviously racist. And it's, it was a big institution around the world, um, not just in the US, but also a, a, a global institution within the fitness world. Yeah. Um, and he was removed, actually. He was removed from the company as CEO because he caused a massive risk to the, the profitability of the company. Mm-hmm. And another one is Refinery29, which is that um, tech that platform that uh, writes a lot about female issues and uh, millennial women issues and mm-hmm. sort of, kind of the neo-feminism platform. Um, and I, one of their founders also, um, they came out and the, in this case, they did come out in support of Black Lives Matter. And they did post that um, Black Square on that big old Tuesday that we saw everyone posting mm. Black Square, um, only to then have a revolt internally um, with past uh, employees and current employees started speaking out so uh, publicly on the issues that they were facing within the company. So this is an example of maybe a company um, speaking about it or showing their support, but then not having their internal policies aligned um, mm-hmm. to the messages that they put out there. And yeah, it, it caused a lot of problem for their brand and they were trying to remove it. I, I also think that person resigned okay. um, mm-hmm. and was, either was removed or they, she was already on the way out.
0: Okay, Marie-Claire, your thoughts?
3: Um, Very similar to Oliver and uh, Giselle, consumers are more and more socially conscious every day and they're connecting more and more with the brands that they love. And thinking about a recent um, consumer survey, it showed that um, over 75% of consumers said that they would likely to take negative action against a socially or environmentally irresponsible company. And this just nods to what Giselle had been saying. They'd either post comments on social media, they'd abandon the brand, or uh, organising a a boycott. Um, Mm -hmm. We understand it's not just consumers that are also looking at this social responsibility message. It's also investors as well. The same survey had 73% investors look favorably towards businesses that had a good social and positive message hmm.
0: so it has an impact on growth doesn't it for sure Giselle is it a millennial thing I know we've, we've talked about kind of millennials caring more about about what the brands they they buy into say about things is it a millennial thing I don't think
2: it is so initially I guess we have grown up around technology and we're, we're more eager to speak out and we don't have that, uh, the way we use social media, um, we're more likely to speak out if we have a negative experience, but I don't think it's just millennials. I think it's mm-hmm. everybody, but I think millennials are likely to, to say something about it because studies have shown that we, we just, we are a lot more attuned to ensuring that we have a good uh, impact or we leave a good uh, trail on the, the world. That we live in, be it socially or environmentally. So if, if a company is saying something that doesn't align to what they're actually meant to be doing, then we will, whereas before we would probably send them an email that is more private, we would never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may, maybe they read all their emails, maybe they don't. Um, we're likely to tweet about it or, or to call them out um, on their Instagram posts
0: yeah and how about internally yeah. obviously the impact um, you know among consumers is one thing what does, it, what does it what about for your employees? I mean does it make it easier to speak out on something if the company itself has has posted something has written things like that Giselle
2: i don't know i think if if it depends internally, I guess a lot of people bear job security um, um, not everyone that blows the whistle actually has a job at the end of it, and it depends on the, the scale of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there is, a, <laughs> personally, I think um, a lot of people would be, they would act in fear of like losing their job. So they may see problems internally, but not say anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, or they may follow the normal processes internally. Um, but I think it's very much um, from the outside looking in. Um, people are more likely to comment um, through social media um, and that means. Um, But I don't know what it would be like internally for, um, Mm -hmm. depends on the company's internal policies. and Yeah, of course.
0: um, Mike, do you have any thoughts on the internal impact?
3: So I was more looking at a report that came out from McKinsey in 2017, which looks at companies that, had a very diverse executive team, Um, there was like a 35% uh, profitability of that company compared to those that didn't. So I think we understand that a more diverse and not just women within um, uh, the executive team, but more culturally and ethnically produces a more diverse um, thought Mm-hmm. And creative thought mm-hmm. and can only help a company um, align more and connect better with their customers.
0: Now for the how. Um, how can content play a role in illustrating how SMEs think and feel? Um, Oliver, what kind of things are you seeing out there in the fintech world?
1: Um, I guess there's there's, there's two main pieces of of content i see coming out and the first is is around um the words of support we mentioned earlier um whether it was monzo coming out as the first digital bank and i possibly the first bank um to support the black lives matter movement Um, so those kinds of words i think are really important the other Mm -hmm. one we see are actions so there's been a few campaigns starling bank had a a campaign called make money equal which was around alleviating financial guilt, um, which is unjustly often placed on women in a relationship. Um, and they've done reports, they've done case studies, they've highlighted their own customers who are working against, um, against this. Um, so, and I think obviously those sorts of campaigns and those sorts of actions are obviously um, very, very, I mean, both of these are very strong. Um, but, I like to see these campaigns because it shows that it goes beyond the words it actually is moving into something that the you know they have a team of people clearly working on this
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I think that 's great to see it it touches a little bit on what uh, Giselle said uh, for the last question on authenticity and I think it 's really important that the um, the messages that are being put out there are aligned with company values and and culture and, and you know we've seen some companies in fintech who are very good at marketing and and putting messages out there and then mm. you do hear stories of the internal side of that and it's not always aligned which you know creates a lot of stress and tension in the workplace um but yeah so those are the two that i sort of see
0: absolutely absolutely um marie claire
3: so i've seen a lot from transfer wise um they tend to do a lot of um um very global uh, campaigns, looking at uh, different businesses around the world, using very different people in a lot of their campaigns. Um, I also agree with Oliver. Starling Bank has done quite a bit. I think they started back in 2017 with their charter for encouraging female in the sort of financial industry. But it looks like they... Um, they they seem to encourage these conversations and they seem to um be putting up lots of different small campaigns both on social media and within on their website mm-hmm.
0: was there um did you see an open an open letter from someone was that which who was that from so i've seen a lot of activity
3: online from different types of businesses not mm. just from the fintech industry where uh business leaders are engaging openly with their customers, basically saying they don't have all the answers, they don't know what to do, but they definitely stand against this. And those hmm. sort of open letters are quite powerful because they really seek to connect and be honest uh, with their audience.
0: Yeah, I think honesty is, um, is the best policy here. Giselle, how about you? Have you seen any, um, any good examples of this kind of thing?
2: Yes, yeah, so I I recently saw something. I think it was Mackenzie that they, on the back of this particular campaign, I believe hired a and I, I may get the title wrong, but I think it was a diversity and inclusion HR partner that is specifically um, looking to bring more black professionals into their company within the UK. Um, And I thought that was, you know, if someone like Mackenzie in the UK is doing something like this, then they must uh, truly see um, there to be either an opportunity or a need. Um, And I saw quite a lot of really big companies came out as well in support of Black Lives Matter. Um, I think it was Goldman's created a fund for Black founders, but this may have been just in the US. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the same in the UK. Um, a lot of people did come out and speak about it and they wanted to show their support. And I think there is still a bit of, at least in the public's eyes, not within the Black community, whether or not um, this is an American issue. And I think a lot of people, they they look at the the problems around Black Lives Matter, and they they just, they don't believe that the problem exists within parts of Europe or within the UK. And there's an element of education that is needed as well. Um, from the black community, um, to show that actually, yeah, we are actually ex- experiencing these things, of course we're not being shot in the streets on a daily basis in such a violent way, and uh, but but we are experiencing a lot of prejudice within the workplace and within um, the startup ecosystem and um, and just bringing to light some of the the stories is going to help as well. so I yeah. think um, yeah. I think companies are, are seeing, seeing um, the need, and they're beginning to show their support. And as long as they, they, they follow through, um, mm-hmm. then I think it would be a very good thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we spoke with um, Gemma Young, who's the founder of Diversity Tech Hub, and she was talking about, um, and this is maybe something quite simple, but The idea of having a book club for um, employees so you can give colleagues access to reading lists that can help them to broaden their education (laughs) and even something as simple as that you can talk about that in a blog post you can say that that's something you're doing and that's that's an action that's probably quite easy to take and and (laughs) something i think people
2: would appreciate yeah many of these companies do have um some sort of uh, bame network like a black asian and minority ethnic network internally that would mm. do events, perform events, or uh, put on events even, for um, like Diwali or Black History Month. So um, a lot of them internally, especially the bigger ones, would, would tend to have that. In the small and medium enterprises, that would be less um, common. Mm. Um, but there are small things that can happen um, mm. to help show support. Uh, and I think an open letter is a really good way to do that as well for management. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So a really
3: good example I saw right at the beginning of um, the Black Lives Matter movement was the position put out by Yorkshire Tea. It isn't a tech brand or a tech company, but they simply said that they don't have all the answers and they're taking time to educate themselves. But they, I think they came up with the hashtag, along with PG Tips, was uh, the hashtag of solidarity, which was quite impactful online. A lot of people were moved by that. There was a lot of um, comments and engagement online.
0: Well, okay, so I guess we'll move on to the, to the kind of what. What are the pitfalls when you're creating this kind of content? What should people be looking out for? Because obviously no one wants to do the wrong thing. No one wants to make a mistake. So what's, what are the pitfalls? Um, Oliver, we'll start with you.
1: It's a good question. I guess from from my point of view, especially with the smaller, earlier stage companies. We, I said earlier, that you know, the reason we, we love them is because they're values-driven, it's because they're authentic, uh, and that's something that's lacking in their larger rivals, you know, the high street banks, to, to pick one. Um, I guess the question and the, and the pitfall challenge is whether these small companies can maintain their, their authentic sort of voice as they scale and grow, or whether as they grow those those that 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 sort of those values diminish because they become a big organization and they can't man- manage or maintain that sort of that viewpoint that sort of voice um, which which most companies do fail you know as we grow when we see the nationwide ads and you or, or lloyds and you see the horses running through you know that that's a sort of a an it- to some extent, an inauthentic branding message that they're putting out there. Mm. So how do, how do these small companies maintain that as they grow? But mm. you, you asked earlier about millennials, and I think that's a really interesting point um, because I think what a lot of the fintechs are discovering is their average age of their customers is, grow, is getting older. So they're, they're, they've moved from those 20-year-olds to those 30-year-olds now to those 40-year-olds. And actually, the sort of authentic voice they have is, is cutting it through across all those groups. Yeah. Um, you know, Monzo has, I think about 6 million customers now, Revolut probably 10 million across Europe. Um, and, and that message is helping them to keep getting older demographics, getting a more diverse user base. So hopefully, you know, the positive signals will keep them moving in that direction rather than becoming the big lumbering sort of inauthentic brands that we love to hate. Mm, absolutely.
0: Um, Giselle, what, what do you see as the pitfalls? I know we, we mentioned the, the black squares earlier, yes. the kind of issues around social
2: media. Yes, so I think the big one is jumping on the bandwagon and not actually either supporting but not fully, or saying they're going to support and then never actually carrying through, or posting support, whereas the, the, the problem, there are problems internally. It's it's a bit of it's a bit of a tough one because I think with a lot of people they don't either they feel like they don't if you're not part of the black community and you don't have um, people from the black community represented um, largely within your your company
0: mm.
2: and and another thing about that if you have like let's say you happen to have five percent um, they may not feel comfortable being completely honest because there's an element of job security as well so you have to think about what is it that you're actually trying to achieve? Um, and I think bring some people either from your own, create that atmosphere that you, people can be honest. Um, so create uh, perhaps a, a workshop, um, an informal workshop where you can, uh, where you bring in people from your uh, your community, maybe your customer base um, that are um, using your products, as well as your employees and learn a bit more about what, what the problems are um, before you you post these big um, statements online. I think there's an element of not being authentic, especially when I feel like a lot of people have used Black Lives Matter, I guess the the hashtag, um, if you want to think of it in that way, mm. uh, without fully understanding the problems um, that are being faced by the communities, and then. Um, so, they, so it's not very authentic to their business. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're not looking internally as well to try to understand what the problems are and how they might be able to solve it. If you're going to do it, um, do it authentically. Um, yeah. Take a stance. Um, take public stance about it. Um, mm-hmm. And then follow through. If you don't follow through, then yeah. Um, yeah. you might be called out about it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely fair enough. Um, and Marie-Claire? So I,
3: I agree with what everyone said um, on, the, on the panel. I, I also feel that a lot of businesses just don't know what to say. And the way, a way around that is by what I would call repurposing or sharing of content that you agree with, not necessarily your words, but content that resonates with you and your team and sharing that on your platforms. Um, that's a way around, trying to come up with original content for yourself. Um, it's also a way of not sort of jumping on the bandwagon, because if you're sharing content, you're constantly sharing content in, in that way. Um, so you're not just putting a, a black square up and that's it, you're sharing content from lots of different diverse um, uh, speakers and organisations. And I think that, that, that is a way around overcoming that fear of not knowing what your business can and should say.
0: Guys, we've got lots of SMEs listening this afternoon. Can you offer one final piece of advice for them when it comes to
2: creating content around um, social issues? Giselle, I'm gonna start with you. The best way to solve it all is probably to engage with the community. If if it be it um, the black community or um, women in leadership position, just engage with the community and listen, um, yeah. listen openly. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay.
0: Oliver.
1: Um, I, I guess we've mentioned a lot of great companies today. And I think looking at what's, what's out there, what the sort of best in practices at the moment, yeah. and that doesn't mean copying their sort of <laughs> values and what they believe in, but it's, it's the way that they're, they're expressing their values. I think that's, that's what, what a lot of these companies are doing really well um and then and then like we discussed you've got to sort of go on a bit of a soul search and 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 discover you know your own your own company values and what what you guys believe in um and and make sure that comes from an authentic place and hopefully a place that can continue as the company grows you know once you've doubled or tripled your headcount um those those values will remain in place because uh, otherwise as we sort of mentioned earlier, those, they won't and, and you'll probably get called out at some point. Um, mm. Yeah, so that'd be my top tip.
0: Yeah, brilliant, and Marie-Claire?
3: So uh, my top tip is around the meaning of fear. You've got the meaning that is forget everything and run, or you've got the view of face everything and rise. And mm. I would look at the last one, when i'm thinking about um difficult conversations and difficult messages that business leaders need to put out there
0: well that's it for today's episode we hope you got a lot out of it for more information go to www.lemonquarters.com or you can email us on hello at lemonquarters.com or of course you can follow us on linkedin or on twitter at lemonquarters